Merry Christmas, and welcome to God is a Dad podcast. I'm Justin. I'll be your host. Uh, I'll be joined in a bit by my friends Dan and Jake, and we are three dads who primarily talk about what we think God is like as a parent, and then kind of how that should inform us also as parents. Today, we're going to be answering the question whether or not we do Santa with our families, uh, with our kids, whether or not we think it's a good idea, a bad idea, all that kind of stuff. But before we get into that, I just wanted to take a moment to clarify a couple things. Because as I was listening to our conversation that we recorded earlier about Santa, I felt like it would be a good idea to make some things really clear. The big idea being our attitude or our philosophy or our heart behind this podcast is to essentially have the same conversations that we would have in our living rooms with our friends and record them and share them with people who might want to listen. So I guess the way I would describe it is that we are talking to each other, not trying to teach. We really like teaching. We think teaching podcasts are great. We All three of us listen to tons of them. We think there's a lot of value in them. But we just want to do something a little different for a couple of reasons. One, I think because we thought it might be a kind of a unique spot that we could fill that people might be interested. I know I'm interested in hearing other people have these same types of conversations in that kind of a format. So we thought other people might like it too. Also knowing ourselves, we just knew that that was the kind of thing we would enjoy doing more. I don't think we were the types of people that would necessarily enjoy taking on more of a teaching posture or position. Uh, we just like to talk with each other. It's really motivating for us. We really have fun with it. So that's kind of a big reason we wanted to do with, to do it. There's a couple consequences with that that I just wanted to make uh, make clear, I guess. One is that w- there's not a lot of quoting of scripture that, that I've heard in our episodes. <laughs> uh, and I think that's really because when we're going for a more conversational tone, when we do reference the Bible, it's generally going to be, I think, in a lot more informal way, just saying, oh, hey, I read this the other day, or I remember reading this in the Bible, and it kind of inspired me this way. Uh, We definitely love the scripture. We think scriptures are really important. Uh, We think the Bible is foundational and fundamental to faith, and we're really serious about reading the Bible on our own. We're just probably not going to quote it chapter and verse very often, just because we're, we're just trying to have conversations. So that's kind of that. Also, the other consequence is that we're definitely going to say some stuff that's wrong. Uh, we are mostly here to try to be ourselves and we are people that say the wrong things all the time. And we're really trying to become people that are comfortable with making mistakes and even letting other people see the mistakes that we make. We think God's full of grace and forgiveness, of course. And so we're trying to be full of grace and forgiveness with ourselves. And we would kind of ask the same thing from you. The nice thing about doing this with friends is that we're all really comfortable with each other. So when we hear something that our friend says that we disagree with, we feel really okay with and able to kind of challenge them, I guess, on it and say, I don't think that's right. That doesn't seem like what God's like or what he would have us do or whatever. And I think sometimes those are the best conversations that I've had with people is when they do, when I do go beyond what God actually wants and then people call me back to the truth. Uh, it's, it's really good and it's really fruitful and helpful. And so we're just trying to have that type of conversation and be, I guess, just be real in that way on these episodes too. So that is all I wanted to say. Uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about Santa. So I'm, yeah, I'm curious, Dan. I was thinking about this Santa question <laughs> and I. I thought I wrote down so much about it that I, after after I thought about it, and I was like, "How did I spent 20 minutes 
thinking about it on my own, I spent 25 minutes talking about <laughs> with Nicole because, I mean, I think I probably understand why you don't think it's important, but I also, I also <laughs> think the question personally, I personally think it gets at more important questions, I guess. Yeah, sure. Sure. So anyways, I mean, just, just to help you understand, I guess, if you don't, the reason why. <laughs> no, I totally is, get, I totally get why, but yeah, continue. So I was, I, and I was asking Nicole why, why it's a big deal. And what she said, the two things that she's seen or heard from her mom, mom blog podcast, Instagram <laughs> world is, is this idea that one, one concern is that if you tell your kid Santa is true and part of Christmas, and then they find out that he's not, then one possible ramification is that they would come to the same conclusion about Jesus, is that they would find out Santa's not real, be like, oh, he was a huge part of Christmas, and then also make the jump to thinking, oh, maybe Jesus isn't real too. And so some parents are, are perhaps scared of that. But then the other one is is just you know, you're essentially lying to your kids and, and the whole question of is lying to your kids. Okay. Is it good? Is it beneficial? Is it something that parents, you know, want to do or should do <laughs> is, is sort of a question, right? Uh, so sort of, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, guess. I mean, I guess, first of all, what, what do you, I mean, you have, you have two five-year-olds, almost six-year-olds. So yeah. what, what do you, what have you done with them? I have done nothing. I've just let Santa, just let Santa be like this nebulous fat man floating around in the clouds the reason why i laugh is because i don't i think the first question has some validity because we've watched avatar together we we've read like chronicles of narnia we've done things with you know star wars and the force we just started watching star wars a lot of the eastern i guess religion or eastern way of thinking about things shares a lot of similarity to faith you know like if you have enough faith mm. in the force you can make you know your lightsaber come out and cut off the eddie's arm we get questions about that or questions about like why can they bend and so mm. yeah i feel like santa's just a less serious version of those sort of mm. questions to me because we're not claiming any sort of benefit from santa except that you get stuff and like we've just made the delineation with fictional things in our household. This is fictional. This is non-fictional. Like, mm -hmm. oh, it's a story, so that's the way that it happened. And we right. talk about why that it can happen in this context, in this world. And then there's things that are true in both, but you know, like the Bible interprets it differently, and we interpret it. Or like a good example is like demons. You know, like there's demons. And or there's bad spirits in Avatar, or there's demons, and mm -hmm. people talk about demons or going to hell or whatever. And so we kind of use those opportunities to talk about what we believe it says, what we believe God thinks about it, versus a non-biblical or non-godly point of view. And so mm -hmm. I, I mean, <laughs> the reason. <laughs> The reason why I think it's funny is because it's so much of a non-issue in my head that right, right. I definitely know there's other areas that I consider non-issues that people have questioned me on, like, like violence in video games and what, what I allow my kids to see. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, sure. I just feel like maybe it was my parents that instilled the ability to delineate between those two things. 
uh, imaginary mm-hmm. or real. Like, because right, I grew right. up watching like war movies and like waking up early to look at AMC and see what was on or whatever, or read Harry Potter or whatever, because I always was able to recognize. Yeah, the difference. Or, yeah, the difference. And so I just really hope that, you know, I think with consistency, our kids will be able to right. pick that out. And so, like, we, yeah, we do celebrate. Grandma puts on from Santa on their stockings or whatever. They half know or they would be amenable to, like, oh, Santa's not real. But we kind of, like, play that mm-hmm. Santa is real uh, so do you wait do you think your kids think santa is real right now at this moment they i think they don't care i think we don't I care. Could, yeah would be able to tell them like right santa is real and convince them that santa is real or i could yeah, sure oh santa is not real and they would be like oh okay so you haven't you haven't specifically told them santa is or isn't real they've just kind of picked it up a little bit but it's not a big part of so do, do they know when they get presents on Christmas that they're from you? Like they don't get any any presents from Santa? They definitely get presents from Santa, quote unquote. But we always tell them like, oh, that was grandma. But we're like, we, we like. <laughs> I see, I see, yeah. We give them presents and we don't mark them as Santa. And <laughs> we only give them like one present. I think last year we didn't give them any presents. Because they got so many from relatives. So, like, they, <laughs> they, but if it's from us, ooh, I think we, I think we claim the credit because they don't get too many opportunities to get presents from us, even at Christmas. I don't think so. Did, did you guys do Santa growing up? Did, did you guys believe in Santa? No. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Oh, really? So, did, did your parents, <laughs> like, did, did they do a pretty elaborate setup with it, or? Mm, I don't know if it was elaborate. Right. But yeah, I mean, we had. Yeah. So my parents did maybe half the gifts under the tree, mm-hmm. were showed up before Christmas, and they were they were the presents that they were giving us, and then on Christmas morning there was a bunch more underneath the tree, and those ones had Santa written on them. Yeah. And you know we put out the cookies, and the cookies would be gone in the morning, and I remember yeah. at some point they had some. They bought some bag of something. It was like glitter that you would throw on the snow or something. That so the reindeer would see your house oh, extra wow. clear, or or sure. it, was, it was food for reindeer. So I don't know. It was some kind of signal slash food for the reindeer that we put on our snow or something. So yeah, I did believe in Santa for sure. Yeah. So what, I, what about you? Yeah, uh, the, my parents did pretty much the, <laughs> the, the same thing. Oh, so, I goodness. like. I really like the wonder of it and the awe mm-hmm. that, that yeah. it creates. Uh, that there's a, a magical sense and, and just like a giddy excitement that yep. is created by it. So I like it for that for that regard. I think for us, we, we don't, we've talked about it and we don't really want to do Santa, but we still want to create that sense of wonder and that sense of awe. And so that that's more challenging, and, and it forces us to be more creative about how we present the gifts or how we just talk about it and, and get excited for it. But yeah, I feel like it puts an emphasis on you, the parent, to be a little more mm-hmm. challenged by, all right, how do we make this intentional but still maintain 
just the fun of a right. Santa. So yeah. why why did you and Adrian decide you don't want to do Santa then? What was your rationale? Uh, she did not do Santa uh, growing up. So for her, she she had no like frame of reference to even right. do Santa like that. That's that wasn't sure. even an option. So for me, I think now that I'm older, I'm I'm probably more like Dan. <laughs> We we can let Santa exist, but I'm not super opinionated about it. And I think uh, just how we parent, we we're pretty fun, anyways. So I think I think it would be I think it would be pretty easy for us to create that sense of wonder without creating this whole backstory of Santa and, and mm-hmm. whatever. Because now now that I do look back on it. We were definitely more excited about Santa than we were about the the birth of Christ. So, I mean, part of that is just being a kid and and, and you like gifts. But I think for a parent, you you could definitely cultivate an excitement uh, for Jesus that surpasses receiving a bunch of toys. So, I think you. Do you think so? Wow. I mean that's the right take to have, but it is. I, yeah, that's that's a hot take. <laughs> well, uh, I think I think why I was more excited for toys was because of of uh, Santa. What you were ex- really? Yeah, because you were excited uh, for the toys themselves, like as much the, as the guy. I was excited for it because of the the magic in it. Mm. Like all oh. these toys just popped out of nowhere. That's crazy. Uh, oh well, wow! So you wouldn't have any toys the night okay. before. Uh, we we would. Uh, the, they would do the same thing that uh, Justin did. So half the presents would be like Christmas Eve. That they would be for, from my parents, and then the, mm. the other half. It's because that they, they made such a big deal, like leading up to it. You know, yeah. we would write our Christmas list to Santa. We would mail it off to the North Pole. You know, we we would do all that, and so the whole oh, like. Wow. The whole mystique of Christmas Day was like centered around Santa. Christmas Eve, oh, you got to go to bed early because Santa's coming tomorrow morning or tonight. It, we got to get to bed, and in the morning you can wake up and and see what Santa got you. And so all the whole day was was focused, or the the time leading up to it to generate excitement was leading to Santa arriving. So. Yep. Right. That, that that's the only reason why I I would say you could you you could set it up in a way where Jesus becomes like the the exciting part. Yep, mm-hmm. for sure. Just because of the buildup, Sanders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that that's obviously the other side of it is that there's kind of this backlash to Santa because he does seem to steal Jesus' thunder a lot of times, which is kind of the problem, right? I mean, the thought I had for for that specific element is, I'm I don't know, I I really like the idea of Santa. I think I I love the wonder and the fun and the the I don't know the magical quality of, that kids seem to think is possible in the world. And I feel like that's in kids for a reason. I feel like there's a reason God put it in them. And so I I'm not I'm not in a huge rush to kind of crush that or or just remove that element from their world. So the thought I had because obviously you do want the birth of Jesus and what he meant to be the, the big thing. So my idea was it'd be kind of fun to, I guess, re- spiritualize Santa or redeem him in a way, in a way, <laughs> in the sense that 
So, you know, if it's Jesus' birthday, then Jesus should be getting gifts, right? That would be the idea if, if you're going to draw the, the comparison to their birthdays, right? It's James's birthday tomorrow. He's going to get gifts, right? So when it's Jesus, maybe we should give him gifts, right? But the cool thing about Jesus is that he's such a nice guy or he's so generous or he's so, he cares so much about us or whatever that, that on his birthday, the thing that actually makes him the happiest is to give everybody else gifts, like that's what ma- that's what makes Jesus the most happy, you know, not to not to give gifts, but to re- or not to receive gifts, but to give them. And so then Santa makes a really easy. Santa is the way Jesus does that. You know, he's God's kind of angel almost of gift giving. Right. He has these reindeer, and, and you know he lives at the North Pole, and you can still do all this all the same mystique or whatever. But if you know, just with that small tweak, then I think he, it could he could be a guy that is re- it, You know, you are excited for Santa. Right, but you kind of, but but Santa is tied to Jesus in the sense that you know Jesus. It, Christmas is about the gift that we've received from from God, and Santa's kind of the, the delivery man of that. So that that was kind of the thought. Yeah, that I've been having about how I want to do that because that is a huge problem, right? That yeah, <laughs> right. That Santa, the Christmas is Santa, and he is he's the figurehead of of the holiday. So I and I was never a big proponent, or I I was never sold on the argument that. If you make your kids believe in Santa, or if you tell them about Santa, you're lying to them. I don't mm. know. Yeah. Because you you play make-believe with, with your kids all the time. You're, you're constructing a world in which they're, they're playing mm. with. You know, if Elliot and I are playing football, you know, you, you sort of recreate oh man we're on the football field you know the crowd is cheering whatever you know you're you you're using your imagination Mm, and no one would be like hey you're lying to your kid right now you're actually in your living room you know well like like, santa's like ratcheted up though right uh i don't know you're you're still constructing a world for them to to enjoy and to partake in and to participate uh, to me, to I mean, me, you are. To me, it's not that big of a step from playing in your living room to you know, just saying, "Hey, you got gifts from from this guy," or "Hey, you just cut a touchdown from Dak Prescott." I don't know. Yeah, but the, mm-hmm. like, you don't sit with that information. You don't sit and think like, "Oh, Brett Favre just passed me the the winning game, whatever." <laughs> Hold yeah. on. You like end that experience, and you know. Right. I mean, it, well, it's, yeah, it's like, definitely more elaborate, but I don't think it's I don't think it's as big of a step that that people that that people are making. I mean, sure. I could buy into that. Yeah, I could yeah. buy into that. I mean, because that's the whole thing with like video games and violence. Right. Like, you're, right. you're take guns and blow people's heads off. But like <sighs> the belief portion of it is super. Depending on how, what magnitude how elaborate you are there's it becomes a i think it could become like a tricky part of delineating for the kid right if you say like Santa's coming in 15 days and you start to do small things in preparation and then the kids at night has problems sleeping because they're so excited for santa to come and then i don't know you like get up on the roof and you like pretend there's reindeer and a sled and Mm-hmm. The cookies are gone. Yeah, I feel like it could be. Yeah, sure. You could start to push boundaries. I think with it. Yeah, you you could. You can you yeah, can I mean... do that with anything. But the the point being is that, like for example, uh, Adrian was telling me that every time they got into the car and the dome light would come on, 
her dad would clap when 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 the door was shut, and so that they all believed that him clapping would turn off the dome light in the car, <laughs> or I I don't know so, something like right, that. Right. But right. I I feel I feel like we we would do do stuff like that as parents, you know. Yeah. Right, where where you're just goofing around with them, and 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 you make them believe that a certain cause a, a certain effect happened because of a of a certain cause, and you know that they're, they're too dumb to right. realize that the correlation isn't true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I th- I think the thing you said is I don't really buy that telling your kids saying this is lying to them. I mean, I think you have to. The distinction of or the definition of what lying actually is is pretty important in the well, whole question. Right. Because we know that God obviously doesn't lie, right? And so, so like, uh, the question I have is, essentially, if I'm going to do this with my kids, my question is, does God ever do anything like this with us? And if he doesn't, then it maybe is an indication that I also maybe wouldn't want to do that as well. So I know that God doesn't lie, but then I have to ask myself, it certainly doesn't feel like lying, doing stuff like that with your kids that you're describing. Right. Because to me... The way I think about lying is lying is in the way that maybe like the enemy lies is telling someone something that's not true for their harm or to deceive them for an evil purpose that hurts them, that's bad for them. And if I deceive someone for for their good, then I would probably not call that lying in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's the classic surprise party dilemma, right? Yeah. It's right. if you're if you have if we have a surprise party planned for Dan and we're going to get all his friends together to celebrate him because we know he likes surprises. And then we tell him, hey, Dan, let's go. We're going to go back to my place and watch a movie, whatever. Da, da, da. And then in, in, it'll just be us and we'll have a small thing. And then all of a sudden there's 40 people in our house and we all say surprise. And you're like, oh, you whatever. Like, is that lying to Dan? Is that li- that I lie to him? Am I am I accountable to God for not telling him the whole truth, the full truth? You know, am I accountable for telling him a, like telling him a statement that was not true? I don't think so because I think the lying ha- comes down to was I trying to harm Dan or was I trying to help Dan? And when the enemy lies, he always lies to hurt. And mm-hmm. if I'm lying like that, I think I would be lying for, the, for, for Dan's good because I believe that really is the best thing for him. And I think that's what I would say about Santa for my kids. If I tell them Santa exists, even though he doesn't, I would be doing it because I think there's value and goodness in them kind of believing this magical, mystical kind of world that is really cool and there's this guy that wants to bring them gifts and it, it makes the season more special for them mm-hmm. and that i would be doing that out of good out of, out of goodness for them and you yeah. can debate whether or not that's good or not but at least from my from a parent's perspective i don't think any parent has ever told their children santa exists because they want to hurt their child <laughs> you know they're deceiving them for their harm right uh, and maybe they are unknowingly and you know you can make that argument i guess but that's i think that's kind argument. of argument yeah is that you think do you think that always deceiving some deceiving someone is always bad? No, no. Or no. you just think it's insane? I think that you could unintentionally do something to mm-hmm. harm your kids. I think with enough repetition and years, like that's why this question exists, is because yeah. your kid gets into second grade and either ten years old or whatever, and like oh Santa exists, and the kid next to him is like he's not Santa's not real. You believe it, you know, it's like a traumatic experience for them because even if you did something for their good, the, they could still, it could still be internalized in a way that is bad for them, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But so what happened to you when when you found out Santa wasn't real? How how did that go down? I mean, I don't I don't have a profound memory of it. My thinking is I mean, the the very small inkling that I have in my brain of what happened was kids were talking about at school, probably some probably sometime around second or third grade. And some kid was was being the kid who was trying to convince everybody that Santa doesn't exist. There was an, you know, he was the enlightened one and he was saying it. And of course, the rest of the, the kids were saying, no, no, he definitely does. He's he's for real. Here's all the evidence. I get gifts. My parents say so. <laughs> the cookies, what you know, whatever, all the evidence they have. And, th- you know, that goes on throughout grade school, I think, m- in multiple points. But then it, you reach and and at first, I think in kindergarten, first grade, he, the guy's de- that kid is definitely proven wrong in that in the, in those grades, right? He's like, oh yeah. no, we come to because Santa definitely exists. And then slowly as you get older, I think what happened was finally there was somebody who was saying Santa wasn't real, and he had a compelling enough logical argument that where, whenever my brain developed enough to understand it, I thought, uh-huh. hmm, yeah, that that actually does seem a little bit, you know, whatever. But then as a child in grade school. Obviously, the holders of truth are your parents. So then I just went to them and yeah. I asked them, hey, mom, dad, is Santa real? And they said, no, he's not. And I said, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then I think yeah. they probably said something, you know, don't tell your sister, don't tell your brother because it's fun for them, you know, so don't, don't spoil it for them. Cause, yeah. And so I think, you know, if it happens that way, it's not traumatic or that big of a deal. Yeah. Well, what about you? I was in second or third grade and my, yeah. my sister, who is a year younger than me, told me. Mm. And I I remember being shocked, <laughs> not because that Satan wasn't real, but that, but because she knew before I did. Mm. Yeah, sure. I was like, wow, that's impressive. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember being. Uh, I mean, I was I wasn't traumatized, but I, I it, it, it was. The feeling that I recall is the the feeling when you watch the the end of a of a of a twist movie, you know, Fight yeah, Club right. or, or Sixth Sense, and you're like, uh-huh. oh gosh, oh, like you got, <laughs> like that was good. I'm disappointed, but oh, that was so good. Yeah. And so I don't know. I I feel like you can do it in a way where you, you can do the reveal where it's not super traumatizing, and and my parents even. As they, they, the, that reveal happened, that they told me, they were like, yeah, you never asked if he was real or not. If you would have asked, we, we would have told you no. We would have right, told right. you the, the truth. So we, yeah. we weren't like tr- trying to, we weren't going to deceive you if you were curious enough to find, right, to find right. out the truth on your own. We, we weren't going to go that far. But, yeah, you know, it was something that was fun and, and that we could, construct for you we we let you play in this world that that we created yeah <laughs> you know until you wanted to to leave so yep yeah, yeah exactly yeah and that, that that was kind of my thought is i feel like i mean god obviously doesn't lie but the question that i had was does he does he do this with us in any way is there kind of a santa situation in our in our world that god is sort of withholding you know withholding information from us withholding knowledge about the world in the way it actually is or something for our benefit because he's trying to create for us a better, essentially a better world or a better existence. Because that's essentially what I would be saying I'd be doing for my ch- children is I'm not telling them the truth or not spoiling this thing for them. 
because I think it makes their existence a little better. And I essentially think he does a lot uh, yeah. withhold with a lot of information about the world. <laughs> right. I think the world could be way worse of a place than I realize it is. And he maybe doesn't want me to know about it. <laughs> essentially. I, I mean, I, and with maturity, I, I think he reveals more and more and more, but stuff like, I think probably the world is way less just and fair and righteous and pure of a place than it, than it actually is. Sure. And in, in that sense, I might be living a little bit of a, a, a fairy tale, a fairy world. And I don't think God's rushing to... Oh, what? Oh, I don't know. I think you the jump from, like, withholding information to intentionally another story seems like a large question to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would think that... So it, it just... Yeah, it kind of all depends how you... I would say he's been a critical part, a crucial part of influencing almost everything that I believe in the entire universe. Yeah, I would sure. say he is fundamental to pretty much everything that I believe. And so the pieces of information that he's chosen to share with me or that the things that he's shown me in the world or the things that he's spoken to me directly through the scriptures or through somebody else or through, you know, just our own conversations have led me to believe the, the world is the way that it is. And I guess I just think God is a very active part of that. As yeah. active as I am in my children, you know, believing in Santa. I guess. I mean, I, I obviously see the, the logical, I, I definitely see the logical point you're bringing up. But then, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, based off of that logic, yeah. I don't know if you can, that you can make that jump. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, ju- so I'm just, I'll, I'll, I don't even know if I want to go here, but yeah, I'm, t- I'm trying to take it one jump at a time. To sort okay. of ease, to sort of ease, ease you in, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Very excited. So, I mean, I so, Essentially, would you agree that God withholds plenty of information from us in order to make our world better? Yeah, because sure. he knows that, it, yeah, that, that if he would kind of, if it, like there's a lot of things that God could tell you right now that it would be true that would be harmful to you. Sure, yep. Which that was, I mean, that was kind of something I hadn't thought about before. That there is truth, literal, literal truth that God could tell me that would actually be bad for me. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's the whole problem of the garden, right, is that he put, there was truth that was available to Adam and Eve, but it was harmful to them. So he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't go near it, right? So, so that's kind of interesting to me, right? That truth may not always be good. Yeah, it's like the idea of somebody who, just because they're true, doesn't mean yeah. it gives them the, the right to talk to a person that way, or that can be more harmful to that person who they're communicating with than it, you can do more yeah. damage. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So... To me, that was a pretty significant realization that truth is not synonymous with goodness mm-hmm. because a lot of times we talk about it, I think I have talked about it before, like it is, like the truth is, the truth is everything. We need to know the truth, whatever, truth, 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 mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But, but I think there you can see that God withholds a lot of truth from us because he knows it would, it would crush us or it would destroy us if, if we understood it, the way things actually were or whatever. And he reveals it to us. Obviously, he wants to tell us more and more truth, but he realizes that we're fragile beings and that we need it kind of distributed in a in a in a manner that isn't in accordance with our maturity i guess yeah so do the jujitsu logical right here (laughs) so then so then my thing is if (laughs) (laughs) i can't wait for this (laughs) i'm 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 fully on board with uh, paying on this i can't believe i'm the isolated one here jake 
Uh, <laughs> I, I was totally expecting. I can't believe. Well, I'm, I can't believe that you guys think differently than me at all on this. Dude, I'm, but, I'm all about. I'm all about confirmation bias. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking for objective truth here. Right. Right. Yeah. As I was thinking about this, I I was like, oh man, do we need to? I need to maybe like invent some kind of trope for this podcast called like i think the name i came up with it was like heretics haven or something <laughs> where where this is like a safe a safe zone where i can just ask questions or, or we can we can ask questions or say things that we definitely are not sure are true and just we can do that without the threat of being called heretics you know yeah. uh, <laughs> so I, I would like to enter heretics haven uh if i could for a minute <laughs> so so truth is not the same as goodness Sure. Because sometimes truth could harm and be and actually be bad, and and the fullness of truth could be bad, much like it was for Adam and Eve. So, my question then was, or the 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 thing that I know that is true about God is that He's always good. That's something I will never let go of. That that is, you know, God is God is goodness. Uh, He's always good, right? So, then the question is, can telling someone something that's untrue be for their good? Can you take that statement one step further? Or can you say? Not giving them the fullest truth. Yeah, yeah, e- either one. Yeah, I, th- I think either one's fine. Yeah. I mean, that Jake's the, the, is, I feel yeah. like, an obvious yes. Yeah. The, right. the fullest truth is something that I'm, yeah, that I'm sure Dan could latch on to. And I think yeah. if, if you make Santa not the fullest truth, uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> that is where I make the jump. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Right. Yeah. So, so, so essentially, here's you know here's two here's a couple examples from the Bible where it seems to be that God is condoning untruth as good. Okay, are you ready? Hit me. All right. Uh, so, is uh, in Egypt, the Israelites are enslaved by Pharaoh. He thinks they're getting too big, so he says, "I want to murder all." The, was it every Israelite child? I don't I don't remember which one was, but anyways, he wants to kill a lot of babies. He the Hebrew midwives. Apparently, I mean, if you go back and read it, essentially they went to Pharaoh and they they lied to him and they said, "Oh, we were going to carry out your orders, but these Hebrew women, there was I think they said they were so vigorous in birth yeah, that yeah. they gave birth before we could get there. So that's why we didn't we didn't kill them or whatever. They were supposed to take them away from the mothers right as they were born or something and then kill them. And so they lied to Pharaoh in order to save some Hebrew babies, uh, which seems like that would be a good thing, right? Also, in the Old Testament, Rahab, there were two Israelite spies. They were spying on armies or whatever. They were Hebrew guys, good guys. They were spying. Yeah, they, and then they snuck into, into Rahab's town, and they were trying to get away from the bad guys. And then she let them hide in her place. The enemy soldiers came, and they like were knocking on people's doors. And they asked her, hey, have you seen these Israelite spies? We're looking for them. And she told them, yeah, I saw them. They went that way. If you run quickly or something, you can catch up or, or get them or whatever. So then they went, ran after them. And then I think she let them out her window through yeah, to, yeah, yeah. so that they could escape. So that seems to me like two pretty obvious examples where lying in the Bible was something that was they were telling an untruth and it was for someone's good, right? And and even so, something interesting in the Cobra when I was when we were talking about this was Rahab is actually in Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews 11, right? Is the Hall of Faith where he lists all the, all the people like by faith, by faith, by faith, whatever. Abraham yeah. was able to conceive or whatever. Rahab, Rahab is in that hall of faith. It says, you know, by faith she, she I, I don't exactly know what I said, but by faith she accepted the, the, the Israelite spies or whatever. And 
did that good thing. So she that that's the one part she played in the scriptures, and she's now in the hall of faith for, you know, you could say for lying for you know for taking them in and then for lying and deceiving deceiving these could guys. You and, and, could, could you say that? <laughs> <laughs> could definitely. This is a very intricate uh, argument. Right, I'm, sure. I'm pretty impressed right now. Yeah. And then there's another example, and I'm I'm not I'm not sure about I'm I mean I'm pretty sure that you would I'm pretty sure that I would say that those two things were someone lying for for you know good, and you could also use the the cla- like just the classic Nazi Germany people hiding Jews lying to the Nazis about whether or not they're hiding people and they come and knock have you seen Jews no I haven't they're upstairs in the attic you know obviously you know nobody would look at those those people in Germany and say oh that was wrong like you shouldn't have lied I mean yeah Dan. Do you want to be on the side of Nazis? <laughs> right, exactly. Just put Nazis on my wow. side and you win any argument. <laughs> so anyway, also there's this one. There's this one interesting, and I'm not totally sure. You have to go read it yourself. I'm not, I'm not going to read it. Uh, for, but essentially, when God is ta- telling uh, Sarah and Abraham that they're going to give birth, right? He tells Sarah, "You're going to give birth," and she laughs, and then she's like, "How can this be?" when I'm so withered and my husband is so old. So God's talking to Sarah. She laughs and, and calls her husband old. And then God goes and talks to Sarah, or sorry, God goes and talks to Abraham and says, your wife doesn't believe me because she says that she's too old. Leaves out the fact that she called Abraham old because if you read, if you read what people say about it, if people think God kind of didn't tell the whole truth or, or something like that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. then they say he did it because he wanted, he, he wanted to protect Sarah from Abraham's anger or, you know, to preserve marital peace or whatever. So there's, you, you can go read a couple articles or re- read the commentaries or whatever, the, the scriptures about that. But, but essentially there's, there's this question, like, would God, like, had, did God tell a white lie in the scriptures when he didn't, you know, he kind of told, he kind of misled Abraham in terms of what he told him that his wife said to him in order to preserve marital peace. So that seems like the easy, like not revealing the full truth. Yeah, sure. That's fair. So my thinking is, I know that God's good. And I will never let go of that. But I think it's possible that God could, I certainly think it's possible that God could withhold things from us in order to make our lives better, in order to protect us from certain things. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, you could call that deception. You could not. I mean, it just depends kind of what you're thinking. But I also wonder, and, you know, I, I don't really have a lot. There's, those are the only things I could find in the Bible in a cursory, you know, 45-minute Google search about God lying Bible, that kind of thing. Uh, but I do wonder, and, and you know, this is very subjective, I, I realize, and this is totally dependent on my own relationship and experience with God. But I feel like sometimes when I go back and I, and I read my journals from previous years, and I read things that I wrote down that I feel like God told me, that I feel like God was leading me to believe in my prayer, in my reading scripture, like the, the revelations that I came away with, a lot of those things I personally think now are not true or just weren't weren't actually right or weren't actually correct. Sure. And, you know, you, obviously the easy explanation for that is that I was just mistaken and I misheard God and I didn't, I didn't actually know what he was saying and maybe it was Satan deceiving me or something in my prayer time. Or I think it's possible that a lot of times God just knows where we're at and he knows the right things to tell us at the right time. And for whatever reason, he told me something that he knew I wouldn't agree with later on in life because he knew it was an important part of my journey into maturity and into knowing him better. And I think in my relationship with God, I found that to be very much the case at times. 
and I think in my relationship with my children, there are times when I, I just tell them things that aren't necessarily true because I, because I think at the time it's better for them to have a certain answer than when they're later in li- later on in life more mature. And so I guess I think that God is still God and still good and still righteous and holy if he would kind of take that approach with, with us. He's always for our good. So everything he tells us is the best thing that he can tell us. And I guess that I think it's possible sometimes that the best thing that he could tell us, the thing would do us the most good, might not be the thing that is actually reality. So then I think that it's possible that the best thing that I can do for my children is tell them something that is not reality, which is that Santa brings them gifts and brings every child gifts and every child on Christmas gets gifts because the world is a, is a fantastic place and things go well for lots of people and the world is set up for everybody to get treated fairly and equally and have success and all that kind of stuff. So that, that's kind of my whole argument is that I think that that's possible. I think that God has done that with me in the past and will probably continue to do it. Essentially, I just said God's a liar and that's my, that's my heretic haven statement for the. So <laughs> my, my questions... <laughs> Yeah. My questions are, scripturally, I feel like the midwives and reporting to Pharaoh, mm-hmm. unlike your Rahab example, it doesn't like, good comes from that situation, yeah. obviously, like Moses just doesn't die and like kids get rescued. So that's, that's obviously a good, good outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean that it's like condoned, right? Sure. Yeah, which is why which is why I thought Nicole's observation about Rahab was yeah. so important that she was in, that she was listed among some of the the greatest men and women of of the scriptures and specifically praised in that kind of way for that behavior. So, but it says because I was like very curious, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like hoping that she wasn't in the scriptures. She's like eight verses away from the end. I was like, oh, dang it, <laughs> she's right. <laughs> Uh, I did my research a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, but it says because she had given friendly welcome to the spies. Yeah, right. And I mean, I, yeah, sure. I, this is so funny, man. You could do this all day with with any script, any yeah. verse. But yeah, uh, yeah. but I would I would argue that friendly welcome involves not ratting them out when <laughs> right. when when the guards come and they're like, hey, are they in there? If she was said, yeah, they are. Come come get them. I would argue that that would not be friend- friendly welcome. <laughs> But I mean, I, it could have I, been a I, better I, yeah. alternative, right? I yeah, I, I I can see the point that it's not it's not definitive in that in that sense. You could you could read those verses differently. I can see that for sure. That's my preliminary. My second question is like, so you feel like God has has lied to you in the past, or do you feel like He has? Because I tell my kids stuff that's that's, I mean, educationally, only twenty five percent true all the time. Right. Because, and it could lead me to think something, them something erroneous. But in that, I still gave them the general truth. I still gave them, why is the sun in the sky? Or why do we, why is the sun in the middle of the universe? Or why does day and night happen? Or why does this, all that kind of stuff, I just give them like the cursory, cursory answer. And then sometimes I go into it, and other times it's like because it is. So I'm curious to know, like, your experiences, like, what that looks like. Where you feel like God has given you something. Yeah, that's a great, yeah. I mean, I I, pro- I should have, 
obviously if I would have prepared better, I would have, I would have brought my journal and read something out sure. of it. Um, this argument is full of holes like Swiss cheese. It, it, I mean, there's, <laughs> I, I'm definitely, I'm not, I'm definitely not pretending like it's ironclad and that there's not going to be a lot yeah. of whatever. I mean, I, as I, you as I'm on yourself, as I'm thinking, I mean, I obviously I can see how I would poke holes in my, holes in my own argument. Right. Yeah. What were you gonna say something, Jake? Sorry. I, I was gonna say you're not betting your salvation on this one. <laughs> <laughs> very far, very far from it. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that I think just in my in my walk with God and my faith, I have believed things in the past that I no longer believe now, and that I think are actually very harmful. <sighs> yeah, I mean, maybe the stuff he's told me is more like what you're saying. He's told me part of the truth, ten percent of it, and then I've jumped I've jumped ahead too far. Maybe that's partially true. I'm just trying. I'm trying. So, so one example that I have I've thought of that that I would feel like telling my kids a lie would be definitely for their good. So, being a teacher, you know, you I guess are just around a lot of other teachers, and sometimes you see them interact with people. And there's certainly out there. I think this is the minority of the cases, but certainly certain teachers out there that don't particularly like their students. Thankfully, we, you know, our kids are nice kids and we haven't really encountered that yet. But I've just imagined before when I see some of the ways that teachers treat students that if one of our kids had a teacher that didn't seem to like him, that treated him less than stellarly, that kind of said things that hurt him or said things that were unbeneficial to him or was just kind of hard on him or was really critical of him and just kind of gave him a hard time and really didn't seem to like him. You know, let's say that really upset him and he came to us and he was kind of crying or just upset. And he was saying, you know, I just don't feel like Mrs. or Mr. Smith really likes me. I think I would look at him and what I would see right now, at least as a six-year-old or or a four-year-old, that neither of my sons would be, I guess, emotionally ready for the truth, for the fullness of what the actual situation is. And so I think if they asked me something like that, like, do, do they even like me? Because it seems like they're mean to me or something like that. Then we would, I think, try to suggest to him that, that she does like him, even though we don't think she does. Because I know as a teacher that I'm more prone to like students who think that I like them. <laughs> you know, when they, they come in the room and they smile at me and they say, you know, good morning, Mr. Payne, or how are you today? And they're interacting with me in a way that tells me that they think that I like them. That's sort of like a, a virtuous circle. You know, it, that just makes the classroom environment more positive. And, you know, I would genuinely say that I like all my students, but it's some of them I have to work harder at to like. And that's a goal of mine is that I want to like every student that comes in my classroom. And I want to try to find the good in each of them. But the ones that act really positively towards me and feel comfortable around me and are, and are confident when they're around me, those ones are, are really easy to like, you know. So so we would want our child, We would, I think we would, for his own good, tell him that, yeah, she does like you or he does like you. But maybe this is why she's acting that way or maybe this is why she, she doesn't treat you maybe the way that you want to be treated. Because we would just think the best thing for him would be to walk into class every day thinking, my teacher likes me. She likes who I am as a person, even if we didn't think that was true. So, you know, and yeah, I think there's other other examples of how this this similar kind of thing could be similar. But I can just think of an example like that 
where I could see myself telling my kid that thing that I think isn't really true and it being good for them or beneficial for them. And then I think Santa falls in that category as something that I think makes my life, my child's life better that I would say is good for him. Personally, as a parent, I would make that, you know, I'm making that judgment call. I understand lots of parents wouldn't make necessarily make that judgment call for their situation, but I would feel comfortable giving permission to parents to tell their kid an, an untruth or tell them something about reality that is not accurate if they believe it makes their child's life better, personally. Can you hear him, Jake? Yeah, I had my microphone muted. Oh. I'm chewing on a candy cane. <laughs> I think I'm getting sick, and so I'm like trying to. I think candy cane will help. Well, okay. I don't have any. <laughs> uh, I see where you're coming from on the teacher thing. I think it's easy enough to say in that scenario to say that thing. If I were to say it to Eli, I could still say that thing and feel like I'm only giving a partial truth. Mm-hmm. Even though the statement is, even though like I'm interpreting nice different than he's interpreting nice. Mm, sure. Yeah. Yep. That's like an easy enough leap for me to to do right. because I could say like, well, she cares about you. She wants to make sure that you're okay and that you want to learn and she wants you to like graduate from your class. Uh-huh. And, sure. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, like yeah, right, all right, right, of right. those, all those Kinda things. Like, like, yeah. So, like, for me, the question comes for, like, Santa or, like, I can't wiggle my way around. Maybe I could do, like, a Kris Kringle <laughs> or what's St. Patrick? Saint, I, I don't know who's supposed to be. St. Nicholas, yeah. St. Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I said St. Patrick, I knew. But can he, like, eat snakes or something? <laughs> I mean, maybe you could get there sure. by citing... Uh, dang it, St. Nicholas. Mm-hmm. But that, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a question of degrees. And right. uh, the degree is too, it's too far removed for me to feel like. Yep. And it's too, I just don't care enough. Because I was always like, I was very surprised at your, your thing, Jake. Like caring about the experience more. Yeah. Like I was totally a brass tack. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't care like that much. <laughs> I didn't want the pageantry. I just wanted that new Game Boy game. Oh, I want to pull yeah. on red, that Nerf gun or whatever. To me, like the experience, 80% of the experience I feel can happen without me needing to like say something that I don't believe is true. I feel like I can create like 80% of it and have fun and imagine and pretend like, yeah, like I just caught the winning Super Bowl pass or whatever without mm-hmm. feeling like I have to. <laughs> like we don't have the we Anna and I never have the question. It's fun. I if I had to ask my kids right now, I don't think they would say that Santa's real because we Anna and I have had the question of oh I, I hope I hope our kids aren't the kids who spoil like mm-hmm. this kindergartner's like imaginatory like play world because we've never had the worry that like, some kid would say that Santa's not real and our kids are bummed out about it. We've always had yeah. the opposite. But just as important enough for me to tell them it's real. I feel like the easy answer that you've offered is probably the correct answer. Either you misheard God or he told you like yeah. a partial a partial truth. Right, right, right. That thing. Yeah, I, I think I was with you until maybe the, the way you described it, Justin. Maybe the, the harshness on the words. 
I I I could I could get behind like partial truth, but yeah. uh, right. in terms of uh, maybe untruths that you heard, that, or that you yep. thought you heard from God, that that that's where I would I would sort of hesitate, and yep. I would probably lean more towards well, God just gave me like a partial truth, and right, 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 and yeah, yeah, handle, but yep, I think that's very fair. I love the way that we talk to each other about this. I would hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> I love how like calculated the phrases are. Yeah. Uh, I, I would question or yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jake's just being sensitive. He's being sensitive I to am. my feelings, I guess. I am. He's giving you a partial truth right now, Justin. Yeah. Inside his right. head, he's thinking, "Man, that idiot." <laughs> the, yep. the only, the, well, the the big reason why I say that is because then it would it would have the potential to just be really exhausting in your walk with God. Of trying yeah. to reevaluate every moment or everything that you're hearing hearing from God and trying to interpret, oh, is this going to be true or not? Is this going to be true even tomorrow, right, right. five years from now? I don't know it's it, it, it's a tricky thing to start walking down, and that's why I would I don't know yeah 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 I mean I yeah I think the thing is that that's not what kids that's not what kids do when they hear things from their parents yeah because they just trust that what their parents are telling them is the best thing for them. Right. And so they're not, that's not something that you would have to, that's something I have to worry about doing is that like whatever God told me is the best thing you could have told me is kind of the idea. Sure. Um, and you're right. I mean, pr- probably every time you tell me something, there's a lot of truth to it, but it might not be all of the truth or, or the, and I might realize that, Oh yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't actually the rightest answer he could have given me kind of, but I understand why it wasn't as, maybe accurate as it could have been or something mm-hmm. because I wasn't in a place where I could have handled it, you know? Yeah, sure. Uh, which is, which is, I think why there was, there's, you know, when my parents told me about Santa that he wasn't true, there was no sense at all of how, how dare you lie to me and, and tell me this for so long because, because I understood, I understood, Oh, they told me it because they love me and they thought it would make my experience better. And it did. And I believe them. And I understood it. So, that, that's where I'm at with it, is that as long as what you want for your kids is the best, then I feel mm-hmm. like you have permission to. And you can you can make the Santa, you know, you, <laughs> however you want to gymnastic it in your head to feel like, well, right. Santa, is, Santa is 2% true because Santa's kind of in the parent's heart and giving kids gifts. There was a St. Nicholas, and if every parent around the world does give their kids gifts on Christmas Eve, then it's kind of like there is a Santa, you know, but I don't know, <laughs> however you want to do it. Do you, so, have any, do you have any parting thoughts, Jake? So in conclusion, are you you guys are doing Santa then uh, the way that you described? We haven't really. No, that's why I wanted to talk about this because we haven't really decided. Yeah. We have we have kind of just not said anything about it. I, they can't really read yet, so we don't. They don't have to read what who's on, names on the gift. Yeah. So they just the presents show up on Christmas Day, and they're there. And I think the kids have heard about Santa through uh, just movies or other kids or commercials or whatever. And so they, they definitely believe in Santa, but we have actually not told them that Santa is definitely true, but we haven't told them that he isn't true either. Right. Go, going into this conversation, we were, eh, no, we're, we're not going to do Santa because yep. we were more, more or less just indifferent about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I might have been convinced to do Santa now after, <laughs> after this conversation. So we'll, we'll reevaluate it. I mean, we, we still have a few years until we have to uh, cross right, it. Right, right. But yeah, yeah.
Yeah, I do think there's some elements of Santa that suck. The, like the naughty and nice part of it right. is weird. Yeah. And, and obviously that teaches your kids kind of the anti-gospel anyway <laughs> yeah. about behavior and stuff. So we don't do that part. But just this idea that there's this guy, there's this being in the world who is extremely charitable, cares about children, wants to make everybody's lives better on the day of Jesus' birth. To yeah. me, that, that feels like a world that I, I think I want to create for my kids that might yeah. make their lives better. So right. it's just kind of fun. It's just kind of fun. It's just, it, I think it adds something to the, to the season a little bit. All right. Well, uh, I shoot. I had a lot more questions. I had. I wanted to talk about Christmas. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if we'll do it next week or whatever. But part two. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, there's a lot more. There's a lot more meat on that bone. So this right, was a pretty fascinating conversation. How it went. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, it got a lot deeper than I anticipated. Well, that's yeah. That's what I was saying. That's why I was like, when Dan said it would be a fascinating right. conversation, I was like. Dude, there's no way you you get yeah. to the heart of. I mean, and that's the thing that's so special. I think about what I'm learning about parenting is that if you just always ask the question, "Does God do this with our with with you as a, yeah. as his child?" Then yeah. then every parenting question becomes like a devotional, you know, a, a way to learn about God, a way to grow, a way to grow in Him and and learn to interact with Him in new and different ways and better ways, and it gets to know him more. Yeah. And so, like, a question about do, do you do Santa? The natural question is. Is there a Santa to God? Does he does he yeah. do that with us? Obviously, when you start going on that level, it gets deep really fast. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a, yeah, it's the way I'm trying to approach all my parenting because it really helps me. It's sure. It's, a, it's fun. Yeah. Too. It's good. Oh. All right. Well, thanks for chatting, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Love it. All right. See ya. We'll see ya. All right. That's it for us. Thanks so much for listening. If you would like to help us out. The best way you could do that is maybe during these holiday seasons when you're traveling around visiting family or whatever, if there's somebody, a parent, uh, a spouse that you think would enjoy listening to what we have to say or our conversations, then please tell them about it. That's about it. I hope you all enjoy the Christmas season. Santa or no, uh, Jesus is the best. So yeah, Merry Christmas. We'll uh, see you next week. There's so many ways to go and get it, so take your chances and make it fast.